The NFL draft is finally here. So today we're going to be drafting the top tight ends in the 2022 class. Who should you target earlier in your drafts? And who's maybe a late round sleeper that you should consider all that and more in this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome into the Lockdown Dynasty Football Podcast, everybody. I am Kate Majuke. You could follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow him on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Be sure, give the show a follow. You're not going to want to miss all of the excitingness, all of the uh, draft extravaganza. We are heading into the first round. Happy Thursday. Happy draft day, Marcus. We are about to get some earth-shattering news, I think, for our Dynasty rosters. But this is when the magic happens, baby. It is. And I, I'm so excited for the draft. Uh, this is probably my favorite day of the year. Um, I, I always look forward to this day. And then we get to the morning of the draft, and you just start thinking of all the worst possible scenarios that could happen for your team. And all this time that you use to study these prospects, and your team winds up with Kenny Pickett, like at number 20, or something just wild like that. I, I literally will walk out. I will walk out of my house and just, uh, just walk straight to Pittsburgh and I, I don't know, chain myself to the door so that Kenny Pickett can't enter the building. If that happens, <laughs> he's already I, there. He's going to already be the there, first, right? <laughs> This is the first time I've ever had true draft night anxiety, yeah. like just pure dread. Cause Last year, I was very excited. I was very high on my guy, Najee Harris, obviously. And he was like speculated to go to the Steelers. And then he went to the Steelers. And I was like, ah, this is fantastic. But now I have to worry about Kenny Pickett. I have to worry about Matt Corral. I don't want to worry about And like, what if the Steelers do something super ridiculous? Like trade up, Marcus. I can't handle the pressure this might be the thing that sends me into a mental breakdown. Man, I love the draft so much. This is so much fun. Because <laughs> uh, I have the exact same feelings about, you know, my team. But we don't have to get into that. But don't draft Tyler Smith. Uh, all right. Let's uh, <laughs> let's get into our show today, Kate. We're going to be talking about tight ends. And um, don't think any tight ends are going to be drafted tonight. So let's draft them on our show. Let's Let's draft the top tight end prospects going into 2022 there's one prospect that i think stands out among the rest uh but as always kate i'm going to give you the first pick in our tight end draft all right of course of course the uh first tight end off the board it's going to be trey mcbride out of colorado state 22 years old just under 6'4 246 pounds we're at a four five six forty at his pro day we know he's got some speed I mean, I, I, Trey McBride is just far and away the most well-rounded tight end in this class. And I don't like, I don't think there's any other tight end among this entire group that I'm really going to be targeting, even in tight end premium leagues outside of Trey McBride, because he, he feels like just the safest prospect here. He, he feels like, um, really the only one that I can imagine me pr pursuing aggressively. I think he's a, a good enough athlete. Uh, he's, he's just 
absolutely dominant in terms of his receiving. Mm -hmm. They made him a focal point of the offense. And I mean, if he goes to a team that is going to provide him the opportunity to be a focal point of that offense, much like the, the Falcons did with Kyle Pitts, not to say that they are uh, similar prospects, obviously Kyle Pitts, much better athlete, but like Trey McBride, I think he's, he's solid enough to be a, uh, a bigger part of an offensive scheme than, you know, your typical, just straight up blockers. Uh, all right. I got a couple questions for you on McBride in terms of a prospect coming out of college. Do you like him? Like, how, how do you rank him compared to like Pat Fryamuth, who was a second round pick Cole Komet, who was a second round pick by the bears um, Dallas Goddard, second round pick by the Eagles. Is he in that tier of tight end? I would say he's in that tier of tight end, but like, I, I wouldn't say he's leaps and bounds above. I, I think he, that's actually the perfect sort of tier, okay. uh, to, to put him in, um, again, not like a, a killer athlete, but he's a good athlete. Um, and he, he excelled very much so in, uh, what he accomplished at Colorado state in, in being a featured pass catcher, which obviously we love for fantasy football. Um, blocking is going to keep tight ends just on the field, on the field. and get yep. them on the field sooner. Um, but you know, much like, uh, you know, you know, any of these prospects, we need them to at least show some chops in the receiving game. And Trey McBride very much has those chops. Um, I, I think he, he could be a, uh, you know, a, a solid asset, but he's mm -hmm. going to need to go to the right team to be able to make, uh, you know, even close to the kind of impact that Pat Fryermuth made right out of the gate. I did see a mock this morning from Peter Schrager at NFL.com where he went 31 to the Bengals and, I think that's really interesting because they obviously lost CJ Uzama in free agency this year. They brought in Hayden Hurst on a one-year deal. Uh, man, poor, poor Hayden Hurst. Did they draft another tight end in the first round to potentially replace him? But uh, if he ends up with the Bengals, like, is that a fit where all of a sudden you get really excited about Trey McBride? I wouldn't say super excited. Um, obviously, we've seen CJ Uzama have some success for fantasy, not on a consistent level, and I don't think there's going to be enough. Um, you know, despite my love for Joe Burrow, I don't think there's going to be enough chops around for, for, you know, all of these guys to be consistently fantasy relevant. We even saw last year, it was like either T, uh, T Higgins or it was Jamar Chase. We didn't really know who was going to have the big day that week. Um, like Trey McBride though, I think that makes a really interesting fit for the Bengals, like specifically as a football team, maybe not uh, the most exciting fit for our fantasy teams because of that, uh, I would say lack of opportunity to be in a featured role as a, as a receiver. But I think, you know, Trey, McBri Trey McBride and his blocking abilities, I think that um, just solidifies things for further for Joe Burrow. And I think that would be a, an interesting move because I, yeah, I, like, I do I like, like his abilities as a blocker. Is there any is there any spot where you'd get really really excited about him? I mean, I I know this is a little hard just to think off the top of you know the spot, but I I, I like that one just because there's a lot of opportunities there. Um, anywhere else that you'd be really excited to see him go? <sighs> there's just not a lot of great landing spots for tight ends, I think, right now. The 
okay, like bear with me here. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know if this is like outside of the realm of possibility, but um, what do we think about Trey McBride maybe to a team that uh, like the, the Panthers who they were looking for a solid tight end and Ian Thomas and just never really found um, the right kind of fit there. I think we saw plenty of flashes from Ian Thomas, but uh, the Panthers are a team that I think could could use some uh, some young help at the tight end position and, uh, you know, again, can benefit from some of his blocking ability. Yeah, I mean, I think he'd be a really good backup for my guy, Tommy Tremble, there. You know, somebody give him a breather. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> no, I'd, uh, actually, that's probably a pretty good fit because what Tommy Tremble does really well is he's a really good blocker. You can use McBride more as the receiving guy and move him and get him in space. So the Panthers don't have a second or third round pick. However, I expect that to change tonight. I think they're going to trade back a little bit. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think that one, that one makes a ton of sense. So – uh, I'm up here at pick number two, and I don't love the options, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to need a second to make my pick. So as I think about who I'm going to draft here, uh, I want to tell you guys about Blue Nile. Are you guys looking for some fine jewelry for that special woman in your life, but you're having trouble choosing? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every single budget. And Lord knows that I'm going to need uh, some help because my wife helping with the draft this weekend with all the people that are coming over and how many hours I'm going to spend in front of the TV. Uh, need to maybe help her out a little bit. So uh, on BlueNile.com, you can easily navigate thousands of fine jewelry options at every single price point. And this Mother's Day, give mom something she'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Cowboys listeners will get $50 off $500. This podcast exclusive is good through Mother's Day. Uh, use promo code LOCKDOWN. And that's good for LOCKDOWN Cowboys and LOCKDOWN Dynasty listeners. I should mention that. Uh, I know I said LOCKDOWN Cowboys. But uh, go again, promo code LOCKDOWN. Uh, plus, every single order is insured. It ships free and arrives in discreet packaging uh, that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. All right, Kate. Uh, second pick, I'm going to go Greg Dulcich, tight end from UCLA. Pretty clearly the tight end, too, in terms of consensus on draft boards. Like if you look at the big draft uh, media people between Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, Daniel Jeremiah, Dane Brugler. Uh, one of the better receiving threats in this class uh, last year uh, had 725 yards in 11 games. Uh, for his career, averaged 17.6 yards per reception. He's a vertical threat. He can't block a lick, so he's going to have to be used as a receiver in the NFL. I think he goes sometime in the third round, and I think there's a little bit of receiving upside here. Yeah, he kind of reminds me um, just very generally of the way we were viewing Evan Ingram coming out of the draft, just like a pure receiving tight end, like maybe just too big to actually play uh, like the pure wide receiver position, but um, you know, a, a decent athlete, but I mean, that's definitely where he's going to find his niche. Are there any concerns though? You know, if like, at least with Evan Ingram, we had the draft capital that kept him on the field and yep. kept him involved very early on the lack of offensive weapons there got him, you know, involved early on, despite that lack of a pass blocking ability. Is there any concern here though, that, 
maybe without that draft capital to, to help push him to the front of, of the tight end depth charts, wherever he ends up, is there a concern that, you know, that lack of pass blocking ability is going to affect his, uh, his standing at all? Oh yeah, definitely. I, because I mean, he could go late second round and he could go fourth round and I think it makes a big difference. And because he's not a blocker, as you mentioned, we might not see him very early in his career, right? Like there's a good chance that he gets with a team that just doesn't like to play him on certain downs and he's only limited to 25 snaps a game. And that's certainly not ideal. It's why if you need a tight end in your dynasty drafts, you better get Trey McBride because everybody else has major, major question marks. Yeah, it, it's definitely, uh, it, it, it's definitely slim pickings. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it's It's not great. Uh, no. All right, you are up here at number three. I I hate tight ends, man. I love tight ends. I think they're so fun, but this tight end this class, class is not fun. Just, no. It's all uh, it, it all feels like a big, giant question mark. So here I'll go uh, for some size and upside. I'll take Jelani Woods. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think we're we're looking here at just pure upside athleticism you're hoping this is the next great receiver right or receiving tight end that's that's what you're hoping with jelani woods now the the question marks here across the board um you're you're gonna have plenty of uh you know it just wonderment about what what is his game gonna translate to at the nfl level but he's got the size he's six seven um, he's a big, like, he's just a, he's a big boy, Marcus. He's a, he's a very massive, big boy. Massive. Um, in his final year, he played with Oklahoma state. Uh, I think he was originally a quarterback. Is that right? Yeah. He played, came in <laughs> as a quarterback, moved to tight end. And then because they had some other prospects there, had to transfer to Virginia. Um, he actually played this entire season on a pretty badly sp- high ankle sprain. So we didn't even get to see him at full strength. And put up uh, 598 yards, eight receiving touchdowns. I I think there's lots of upside here, especially, you know, if there's going to be a guy who comes out and, you know, maybe doesn't necessarily, um, you know, run the most routes. Like, I I think there's plenty of opportunity and, you know, upside alone for Jelani Woods in terms of like, it just maybe right off the bat touchdown production. Mm -hmm. Like this is a guy that I would love, especially, you know, if you're in a a dynasty best ball league, this is a guy that I think, you know, just based on size alone and upside, uh, he's going to be one that, that intrigues me, especially right off the bat, just from a size perspective. I I also think you're hoping for like a Mo Alley Cox type of player right where he's just so much bigger than everybody and if he gets opportunities he could be a real red zone option uh right away uh, he's just he's a long ways away from being a polished player and that's why it's why he's probably going to fall to the third or fourth round but again but you're taking up on the note of like switching positions too it you know the fact that he did switch positions like if he turns out to be a a solid tight end, whatever team that drafts him might actually be getting a deal here um, because he still has some of that, uh, you know, development to go. Um, 
you know, as he, as everybody knows when you, when you see players, um, you know, changing positions, there's a bit of a trans transition period. Um, and maybe, maybe we see, uh, Jelani Woods benefit from that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, don't disagree. Uh, all right. I'm up at here. Pick four. And it's already getting really, really thin. Um, I'm going to go with Kate Otten, uh, a tight end from Washington, who's really only a blocking tight end right now. I, I actually compare him to Foster Moreau, who the Raiders took in the fifth round, fourth round, 2019. But I think he's somebody who's going to get on the field early because of his blocking ability. And we've actually seen this path be very successful in the NFL. A good example is Dalton Schultz in Dallas, right? First year, two years. You're really just a blocker, but you are on the field a lot. You're playing a lot of special team snaps. And then by year three, they start to give you more chances in the passing game. And like we've seen with Schultz, that's been a top five tight end over the last two years. So if you can just get an opportunity to be on the field early, I think Otten is a good pick. However, unless you are in a super deep dynasty league, he's probably somebody you don't need to draft, but just kind of monitor him because I do think he's got some upside. Yeah, it's never good when your comp is a guy that's like probably available in waivers um, in dynasty yeah, leagues. But I feel, I feel like the that. same way though about, about Foster Moreau. Like I feel like because Foster Moreau has played a lot, once he gets his, you know, his opportunity and his chance, I think he's going to be very successful. So again, this path has worked out before, but you don't need to draft Kate Otten right now. That's fair. That's, okay. that's very uh, there you go. Uh, let's. Well, we have a couple more guys to talk about before we finish up the show. But I wanted to tell you guys about Bet Online. Uh, Bet Online has everything you need for your your sports betting experience. You can bet on the NFL draft. You can bet on the uh, NBA playoffs. We've got baseball. We've got hockey. Uh, bet Online. It will offer you all the latest odds and info. So go to Bet Online right now to see all of the latest scores, uh, stats, info. We use Bet Online. Placed a couple of Bet Online uh, or a couple of bets on Bet Online for the NFL draft. Quay Walker, first linebacker drafted tonight. Come on, baby, that's that's the big one here. So shout out to Bet Online for giving us those props and those li- lines. Uh, Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Kate, one more pick. Is there one more tight end that you want to talk about? I'll go ahead and like this isn't my favorite pick. I think there's there's definitely. Um, you know, again, some more room and, and some tweaks that this guy has to make at the next level. But I'll roll with Isaiah Likely, uh, mm. tight end out of Coastal mm. Carolina, um, 22 years old. The issue, I think, with Isaiah Likely, it mostly comes down to his frame at this point. Yeah. Um, he's just a little lang- langly, um, if if you will, if that's the technical term, uh, sure. he's a little, he's a six, four and a half measured in at the combine 245 pounds. So just a little bit more slight in yep. that frame than you'd really want, uh, in terms of a guy that might be, uh, you know, respected as a blocker at the next level. Like he's yep. just not, um, he's not got that beef, but like the production profile from a, a receiving standpoint, is totally there, ranked fourth in yards per route run among tight ends last year, second in receiving yards. Um, this guy just, he produced. But yeah. again, it comes down to um, maybe like if he, he can put on some muscle at the next level, I think he'd have uh, a real opportunity there. I, I like 
um, him as an uh, overall around prospect. But yeah. I, I think, again, it just has to come down to can he maybe build on that frame a little bit? Because um, if he does, I think he, you know, he's not the worst blocker in the world. He's not great. No, I think he's but, a pretty decent blocker, actually. Yeah, he's, he's, I, I think, going to probably succeed at the next level if given the opportunity if we see him just gain a little bit of size. I will say of all the tight ends that I watched this year, Kate, I probably like his tape the best. Honestly, like the stuff that he can do in the receiving game is really good. He's so dynamic after the catch over the last two years, 1500 yards and 17 touchdowns. He's the most dynamic guy. Once he has the ball in his hands, Um, I, I think he on the field, he's a really good player. My problem with him is he's just not a great athlete. Uh, and he came in under 250 pounds. He ran a 4.82 40-yard dash, which is, oof, that's bad for an undersized tight end. But we have seen – It's bad for an undersized tight end. But when you're looking at, you know, some of these guys who are playing, um, like truly playing tight end and not like the Kyle Pitts who are uh, yes. playing, you know, on the outside – that might not be an issue for him at the next level. Like when you're playing some of these guys like out of the slaughter and seem like that might not be a huge issue for Isaiah likely, especially like I don't, I don't think it's as big a deal for him, uh, especially because I don't think we necessarily saw um, that like lack of, of true spark in athleticism affect his production in college. Obviously, Totally different game uh, when you get to the NFL level, but I, I think he's still good enough. He's not Kyle Pitts, but he's good enough that I don't think it's going to be a huge right. hindrance. We, we have know. seen it's kind of we, a wild card. We have seen tight ends that have been slow and undersized be successful. Jordan Reed is a really good example from Florida, played with Washington for several years. Even Brevin Jordan last year for the Texans. Now, I know he didn't have massive numbers but somebody that flashed at least a little bit i'm banking on likely if he goes in the fourth fifth round because of what he can do after the catch because he gets open all the time i think he's at least somebody worth keeping an eye on because i I, again i do really like his uh his tape um one more guy that i'll pick charlie kohler uh from iowa state somebody that i actually really like in this class uh, gives me some Cole Komet vibes. Uh, he is just a massive tight end, six six and a half, two hundred and fifty two pounds. Ran a four six two forty yard dash uh, at his uh, pro day. I mean, just an incredible athlete. Plus, very productive at Iowa State. Three straight seasons of at least five hundred and ninety receiving yards and at least six touchdowns. Um, the guy just gets open and catches everything. Not super dynamic after the catch. Not a good blocker at all, but somebody who I think is going to be a third, fourth, fifth round pick. It's going to be on the field because he's just so big and so athletic. Yeah, I, I think that's you're just out on this tight end class. Okay, just just go ahead and say it. I'm out. I just and like I, of course, like I said when we were talking about Trey McBride, I am like, I'm not saying don't. Uh, don't draft any of these tight ends in your rookie drafts, especially obviously, especially in your tight end premium leagues. Um, but these are not going to be players that I'm going to be seeking out in my drafts. Um, just I agree. not 
not a huge uh, amount of upside there, but I mean, would I be surprised if, you know, a couple of these guys can be, you know, intermittently fantasy relevant with how volatile the position is? No. Um, but just, uh, you know, I'm not going to trade up for one of these guys. Let me uh, I'll put it that way. The old, yeah. The only guy that we are really interested in here is Trey McBride. Maybe there'll be another one of these guys drafted into a landing spot. that we really like, and they get drafted higher. Uh, that we can kind of adjust a ranking spot. McBride's the only one right now. And then just keep an eye on Isaiah Langley, Charlie Kohler, Kata and Greg Dulcich to see where they land. Uh, we can have a conversation about them. So, uh, all right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. We want to remind you that, it's Fonte Mack, no matter what. Uh, <laughs> drafted reference. Uh, uh, we'll be back on Monday to break down all the action from the NFL draft. Matt and Ryan back on Tuesday and Wednesday. You can follow the show at Locked on Dynasty. Check us out on YouTube where we post our shows every single week. Uh, follow Kate at FFBobLast, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. Enjoy the draft. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>